Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is you're listening to this podcast. It's morning for us, but uh, hello. Maybe we should just say that. And welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. I am Jim and joined as always by Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm awesome. And that's funny because that's now two weeks in a row where we've kind of started like that. So <laughs> Maybe that'll become our new <laughs> Will next week be third time is the charm? Tune in to find out. That's great. Check back with us next week to see if we do it again. Uh, we are happy to be here and just, we got a little bit of a potpourri episode today. Uh, we don't, you know, head to head seems to dominate our episodes sometimes, uh, because of the schedule of pay-per-views and those kinds of things, but we don't have one this weekend, both it being the 4th of July. So, uh, tune in the next couple of weeks though, as we will have head to head picks, our first head to head picks in the second half, uh, challenge for 2021 crazy that we're already into July, and it's the second half of the year. But uh, we are currently tied at zero and zero, so woohoo! I'm not losing right now in the head competition for the July to December. I don't even want to think about December yet, Tom. But nope, uh, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's July. We're going to talk about July. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, but <clears throat> a few different things going on uh, in the wrestling world that we wanted to talk about. Um, maybe we start off by saying the Patriot passed away yesterday, so rest in peace. To the Patriot, I know he had some uh, political views that got traction a while back, but we don't have to talk about that. But uh, I kind of always liked the character of the Patriot, Tom. I don't know. Back in the day, um, I watched the Global Wrestling Federation when it was on ESPN, and that was when he wrestled the Dark Patriot. Which, you know, I mean, talk about a 80s or 90s gimmick, right? The Patriot against the Dark Patriot. Um, I don't know. Any favorite? Uh, what was your, I'll do the uh, Conrad and Bruce thing. What was your favorite Patriot match, Tom? I don't have a favorite Patriot match, but my my Patriot memories, my standout like things of where I thought like I was the most like interested in him, and that's a very low bar. Uh, was the winning, winning team with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, like that team oh, in okay. like early early ninety three ish WCW? Um, that was kind of you know that would have been. That would have been for me like what I thought was the high point. Now, granted, I know he can be WWE later. That did not go well. Um, and it was real no short, all in all. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no irony. Uh, so I, I want to use that term very carefully. Uh, but the Patriot passing away in July just before the 4th. And the world is a weird place. So, <laughs> Well, and uh, the funny uh, – who was I? It was I think it was Sean Ross, Ross Sapp over at Fightful.com was talking earlier in the week um, about things that were going to be on their podcast feed coming up. And he had an interview with Del Wilkes that he had done, he said like eight or nine months ago. And I don't know if he was being a little exaggerating and how long ago it was, but apparently a while back. And he just been kind of sitting on it because it was one of those interviews because Wilkes is a retired wrestler who they didn't talk about anything really current. So they've been kind of sitting on it like, drop it whenever they needed a, something to, to put in. And he finally decided, you know what time, when's better to drop an interview with the Patriot than the 4th of July? So that's supposed to drop this weekend. And now a couple of days before he passes, I, I haven't seen whether they're going to drop it or not. Um, they might as well, but um, just odd, odd timing. Yeah, like that. So 59, way too young to die, no matter what. Um, that's definitely way, way too young. So all the best to his fans and family. Uh, and in happier news, I guess I don't know how to segue off of something like that, um, but uh, we're going to get fans back, Tom, at wrestling next week. Um, after a year at Daly's Place, 
uh, over a year at Daly's Place and and other various venues at times before they settled in at Daly's Place, um, including QT Marshall's uh, training center and, and some other places. Uh, AEW hits the road again next week. Uh, as I said, I think last week, I think it'll be good to get in front of fresh fans. Not that Daily Spice hasn't been awesome. I haven't seen AEW from this week. I read all the results. I know what happened. I know all of those kinds of things. Um, I'm really looking forward to, this is going to sound bad. I'm looking forward to the show, of course, a whole, but I'm looking forward to seeing they apparently closed the show with kind of a, a retrospective video. Um, you're okay. You have seen it. That's right. Um, of, of the last however many months it's been at Daly's Place. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that because it's, I think those are always interesting, you know, when you look back at even a year um, in time and like, oh yeah, all of those things happened um, in the last year. So I'm kind of, it, it sounds funky to say that, you know, there were probably some good matches, but yet I'm looking forward to this, you know, five or eight minute or whatever it is video at the end of the show um, to look back at it. But the good news, we're getting fans back next week, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and, and and even before that, they 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 brought fans back to Daily's place, and that's added a higher yeah. level of energy, which has been great. But I, I agree with your point very strongly in the fact that fresh fans, quote unquote, and and again, the, not that the Daily's place Jacksonville fans that were either native to that area or traveling in weekly for this weren't good or weren't active, weren't loud. It's just a different set of eyes when you go to Miami and Texas and. And they've got a bunch of other shows. I'm really looking forward to their September announced date. And I don't remember what they announced that right before we recorded last week. And we didn't talk about it. They're going to go in Ar- to Arthur Ashe Stadium in, I think, Queens, New York uh, in, in September. Uh, it's just lots of lots of just energy around AEW and um, getting in front of uh, new eyes, which is pretty sweet. And the, 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 the return of fans to wrestling, period. And I mean, I know this is kind of an AEW-centric topic where we're starting. WWE will follow shortly hereafter. It's just changed, um, I think, the energy, uh, the way that the performers are performing in the ring. And I think we're getting good, a good sense, or maybe it might be too early to say good sense. For me, I think it's a good sense of who's popular and who's not. It's, it's fun to actually hear real cheers and real, real boos and some definite crowd interaction. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that's going to be most interesting to me is, in AEW, we've gotten a little bit of that, like you said, because we've had fans uh, that weren't just the wrestlers or just the darker or elevation wrestlers uh, for some of the shows, and then, of course, Double or Nothing, and uh, some other shows since then, although they have had some taped ones along the way, too, where it's just been, uh, you know, kind of whoever they had in the back uh, as well. But uh, I think especially for WWE, and I know, again, we're going to talk AEW first here, but I think especially for WWE, I'm going to be very interested to see, are the people you think you're pushing getting over? Uh, they can judge some of that by online and, and things like that, but you and I both know, you know, online de- just depends on where you read. I mean, we both are members of the Ring of Honor experience uh group on Facebook and just, just look through that. I mean, you've got, you know, for ring of honor, you've got people in there who are die hard, you know, Rhett Titus should have won survival of the fittest. What? Um, you know, bandito is terrible people who, I mean, I just don't have time for people like that. Um, hashtag what's wrong with you. But, um, 
you know, versus other people who are very excited about Bandito and Roosh and then those kinds of things. So, of course, wrestling fans are going to have their tastes. But I think it'd be interesting when you get in an arena um, and, and you can't – I hope WWE doesn't control it by piping in crowd noise to make it, you know, seem like whatever they want. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. So, AEW is, is the first one who's truly hitting the road um, here next week with Road Rager from Miami. Uh, so not terribly far from where they are. I mean, they're still in the same state, but uh, Miami and Jacksonville are are definitely at different ends of the, that state. Um, so so far in that respect, and it's a long state. So I don't know what the drive from Miami to Jacksonville is, but it's not a not a short one certainly. Uh, the card for next week. Let's just kind of run down that real quick. Um, not that we're doing predictions or anything, but uh, what are we what are we going to see when they get there? Uh, QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes in a South Beach strap match. What is with strap matches lately? We've just been having a bunch of them. You know, Jackson Riker and Elias on Raw and Marshall and Rhodes. I, can I say that I'm looking a lot more forward to Marshall and Rhodes than I was Elias and Jackson? Um, you may, and you should be. <laughs> right. Uh, World Tag Title Match, the Young Bucks defend against Kingston and Eddie Kingston and Penta L0M. And again, you and I talked about this during our fantasy wrestling draft um, not the one we're going to talk about here in a little while from a year ago, but in our actual fantasy wrestling league, we do a redraft at the middle of the year. And uh, wh where's Ray Phoenix? What is going on with him? Um, he's just been MIA again. So I, I hope he's okay. Uh, Andrade Alidolo makes his in-ring debut against Matt Seidel. Thanks for coming, Matt Seidel. But uh, you're probably going to get too much offense in because that's the way AEW books things. But you're losing. Uh, Jack Jake Hager, and, and I want to talk about him in just a second, Santana and Ortiz versus Wardlow and FTR, and then Chris Stanlander and Orange Cassidy versus The Bunny and the Blade. Uh, pretty decent dynamite set up for next week. I think they've got a lot of the right people <clears throat> in front of the crowds. I mean, Orange Cassidy's got to be on that first show, right, in front of a new crowd. Um, you got a strap match that's been... I don't know that the strap stipulation has been built up terribly strong, but Marshall and, and Rhodes have been a, a, a story, certainly building for quite a while. You got a tag title match. You got Andrade. You get Jake Hager, who, hello, is facing Fedor in September. I think, is it September, October? I think it's uh, October. I thought I saw that yesterday, too. Yeah. Fedor. Whoa. There's a match for Jake. I mean, Fedor is not what he once was, but that's a name to put on your resume. I... I have not purchased a Bellator paper. I think it's a pay-per-view. Um, I haven't purchased a Bellator pay-per-view. I don't think ever. Boy, that match has got me wondering if I might have, you know, a few extra dollars that weekend. I'd be curious to see that at least. Um, so kudos to Hager. And if they can somehow cross promote with AEW a little bit, good for AEW. If they can figure out a way, I mean, they're not going to bring Fedor in for a wrestling angle, but, um, well, maybe they will. I don't know. Enough money. But what are you thinking, Tom, um, about how they've, they're they building things in AEW in general? How are you feeling about AEW? That's been your kind of go-to, I think, over the last number of months. So you still feeling that way? I am. However, I will say, and we'll talk about it here shortly, NXT is, is, is pulling up quickly. I've been really impressed, and we talked about it in the last few weeks. It, it, the momentum continued this week, so I'll, I'll, I'll park there and we'll come back to it. Really, still really hot in AEW. Uh, they had two live shows in the span of four days in the last week. 
last Saturday. They had the big Saturday Night Dynamite, which uh, foreshadowed the Andrade Matt Seidel match. Uh, so I saw that coming. I was wondering when they would pull the trigger on that. This one coming up in Road Rager makes a lot of sense. Um, that 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 night had the Kenny Omega Jungle Boy World Title match, which was fantastic. Really worth going out of your way to see if you haven't yet. Um, man, there's a lot of great young talent in AEW that when they eventually get those big wins um, that they're chasing and they keep kind of falling up short. Um, I hope they're in front of the right crowd so that place blows the roof off. Um, and then forwarding to, to AEW from this week, really strong show. There's actually three really, really strong matches. I know you're, you're yet to have watched it, but I really encourage you. The the opener, which leads to the tag match we're getting next week, uh, if they equal or surpass that, which I think they'd want to surpass that, we're in for a treat uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, the, the Miro defense against Brian Pillman Jr., um, definitely over delivered in my eyes uh, and in the main event of MJF and Sammy Guevara. I've been really uh, open here about my feelings about Sammy Guevara and how high of a ceiling I think he has and how much he's grown as a performer, man, statement is still true today. And I have heard a lot of, uh, and read a lot of comments, you know, and with some friends of ours and other things just about, you know, the little bit of overbooking to a certain extent that AEW might do with interference or, or extra, you know, shenanigans, what have you. It's, it hasn't, it hasn't soured my taste in what's been happening yet. I, I get it. This is all pro wrestling in the end. And I think some people are still really holding on to the AEW kind of pure sports bill that they kind of launched with the mindset of just like when Evolve got going way back in the day. And if you're not familiar with Evolve and you're listening to this, Google it, look it up. It doesn't exist anymore, but you know, their original kind of concept was wins and losses and, you know, and, 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 and a ranking system, if you will. Um, AEW has a ranking system. They, they promote wins and losses. Jungle Boy got his 50th win, the first talent to ever get 50 singles wins or 50 overall wins, I'm sorry. Um, and they made a big deal of that past Wednesday. So, so that's kind of interesting too. If you would have asked me who was the all-time leader in, in overall wins in AEW, I wouldn't have picked Jungle Boy, to be honest. Sure. So, yeah. And, and and again, like we've mentioned here before too, thinking about where where and how are those wins coming on dark, dark elevation, other places. And that's probably part of the problem. I don't watch those shows. So yeah, 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 yeah without a doubt. So so all so again with that kind of summary of what like what's been like the high points in my opinion of some of like the major promoted matches um with AEW, they're setting things up as they transition into the second half of the year. And wrestling isn't seasons, we know this, but 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 feuds and angles kind of have a season of of, of vibrancy to them. Pinnacle and inner circle still is a big thing. It seems like the spotlight's going back on Jericho and JF, but you've got definitely Wardlow in the mix. Uh how and how somehow some way you've got Sammy who's gonna want to get um Revenge, because Sean Speeders got involved on Wednesday. You've got the six man that's coming up here uh, at Road Rager. It's exciting. Oh, the other thing that I just want to throw out is this is Cody Rhodes' first match back since he became a dad. So that'll be interesting to see. So again, I'm sure that probably won't play into the match per se, uh, but who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe they'll use the fact that he's now a dad and he's fighting for something else as part of his character. Um, oh, they'll play that up. You, oh, absolutely, they will. <laughs> yeah. So I, the other the other comment I wanted to make when we were kind of getting going just with talking was, and, and this is a bigger topic, so maybe not a lot of chat on it today, is um, promoting matches 
because they make sense in the story uh, versus promoting things or doing things just to pop a rating. And, and, and I mentioned that because there was a big return on SmackDown last Friday that we had alluded to potentially coming and it didn't happen in front of fans. So I don't want to jump all around the map and go, okay, well, AEW, now we're injecting WWE talk, but, but that's a, that's a, that's a thought here. Like, like what are these, what are these groups, primarily AEW and WWE, like who are they serving? Are they serving, um, drawing tickets, you know, cause that's, that's a, that's a factor I think, or are they, are they, are they serving the master of wanting to draw ratings? So who am I accountable to? Am I accountable to Fox, USA, TNT, TBS eventually? Where where does the line get drawn? And to answer that, for WWE, they're accountable to the ratings because they're getting paid a billion dollars. Um, and, and I wish it wasn't that way because I think you're 100% right. Uh, the, the one thing, and I think I said this to you in kind of an offline chat as you and I were just chatting uh, throughout the week, the one thing I wonder is, are they, and, and I think they are because I went on Ticketmaster, I think they're struggling to move tickets for money in the bank. So I think they might have pulled this not only to pop the rating, but also maybe they think doing Edge and Reigns at Money in the Bank will sell more tickets. I mean, will it sell some more tickets? Probably. There's probably some people out there who go, oh, I'm going to see Reigns and Edge. Okay, now I'm going to go to the show. You know, for me anyways, is that a complete needle mover? No. I mean, if I, for me, just speaking me personally, if I was in the, uh, where are they? St. Louis? No, Fort Worth, Texas. Houston, Houston area. Yeah. Um, Houston area. Okay. Um, if I was in Texas in that area, um, I should just say in Texas, cause you can drive for 10 hours and still be in Texas. But, um, if I was in the area of that show, uh, my going or not going to that show wouldn't be the needle wouldn't be moved by reins and edge. Um, so I, if I was already going, I'd be happy to, that I was going to get to see it. And if I wasn't going, it wouldn't make me want to go, but um, that it makes me think that might be uh, totally. That's just me throwing something against the wall though. After I saw it happen um, for AEW on the other side, you look at Andrade, for instance, when they debuted him, they didn't debut him on one of the tape shows in front of just their dark and elevation crowd. They did it in front of a actual crowd. Um, they're going to, they've saved his first match for their first foray back out of Daly's place, which while I wish that he would have had a match between then and now, uh, I, I kind of get it too. You're, you're saving that for something. And he still, you know, it still sounds like he's got a surprise, which I wonder if that surprise will um, show up. Cause I, it, I don't know this, obviously, by any stretch of the imagination, but it makes me wonder if they're going to have, well, Vicky got him in. I don't think the Vicky and Andrade pairing works long term in AEW, personally. I do think it's probably a good idea to have a mouthpiece for Andrade, because English is obviously not his first language, and while he speaks it, it's, it's not fluent and smooth um, all the time, which is okay. But, you know, in a promo driven business, it, it's probably not a bad idea to have a mouthpiece for him for some of the talking, at least. Um, I, I think though some of his character, um, and I know I'm squirreling off here a little bit on Andrade, but um, I think some of his character is that he'll break into Spanish because he's a big enough star that it shouldn't, that you should listen to whatever he says, no matter what language he's saying it in. And, and so I think they're playing that a little bit, which is kind of neat. Um, but it makes me wonder if Zelina Vega is coming into AEW. 
and if they're going to go with that pairing, um, it would make some sense, assuming that they have interest uh, around the time of All Out, for entrance, instance, when Zelina's husband, Tommy End, becomes available. Um, it would make some sense that they would have some interest in both of them. And Zelina, if they decide to do more, I, if they bring in Zelina Vega, my only desire, hope, want, whatever I want to say, is don't just bring her in as Andrade's mouthpiece. Put her in that women's division because she can go in the ring. And it, that women's division has really started to build. We've talked about that a number of times after a really kind of rough opening year of that division, I would say. Um, throw her in there and she fits right into that mix. I would love to see her in the women's division. And teamed up with Andrade is just fine with me too because um, she can obviously talk. We know that. And then you could have an interesting, I mean, right there's a storyline, right? When Tommy End comes in, because AEW is not afraid to play up the fact that everybody knows that Tommy End and Selena Vega are married. So Tommy comes in and then Tommy and Andrade have, maybe that's the first feud. And by then Andrade is established enough so he could stand to lose a match and that would be okay. And and they had some, some bangers in NXT back in the day. So Fantasy booking 101 with Jim here this morning, but yeah, well, and 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 so as as they launch next week into Miami, then the rest of the month has two shows in Texas, and they wrap up the month with Fight for the Fallen in Charlotte. So we're gonna get a couple of different. I mean, the back to back Texas shows again, like you said, you could drive for ten hours and still be in Texas. I'm sure they're not side by side, you know, because they want to probably draw different audiences for that. And then as we get into the month of August, we're then a month out from All Out, right? So so you think there's gonna be a lot of like traction i was going to say friction that's the wrong term a lot of traction with these shows and a lot of like like feud and and, and issue building or escalating um and then they'll really hit the ground running with building that all-out show um in in pittsburgh milwaukee and uh houston in the month of august so lots of busyness with with aew and and i know you didn't watch wednesday yet but there was the in-ring segment with omega and, um uh, dark order but the but the, the the motivation behind that was to promote and further Adam Page as the eventual eventual challenger to Omega. Does that happen at all out? I, it, it could happen in two months without a doubt. I'd I'd prefer it wait longer. I'd prefer the build be because because there's some hesitation there by Page, and you'll see that when you watch the show um, with kind of the interaction he has. Um, and, and that hesitation in that he doesn't want to go like dark orders of giving him a pep talk to say, Hey, don't doubt yourself. You, you, you can do this. Um, so again, they could do some really good storytelling there long-term or two months. We'll see. They've got quite a long story if they want to play off it though, too, with certainly with the tag title run and the, the number one contender tournament and all of those kinds of things. Um, I I don't know. I feel like every time we talk about an AEW pay-per-view that's coming up, we're like, I think this might be the Adam Page match. Um, and then we're like, nope, never mind. It's fill in blank of random challenger here. That's been the narrative of this podcast. So we just were sticking to, to the brand. Right. There, there may have been a faction that started with an R that used to be the narrative of this podcast, but now it's the when will Adam Page get the AEW world title shot? And does he win it in his, it wouldn't be his first shot at it um, because obviously he was in the original decision match, but um, is if he got the shot in September, would it be time to take the belt off of Omega? I, I think Omega's health plays into that because Omega, um, 
according to many reports, is pretty banged up right now, and that's why he's working mostly kind of the big matches and not, you know, Omega's never been a week-in, week-out guy, except I guess when they were the tag champs, they worked pretty regularly. But uh, they do seem to be picking their spots with him, and even Impact isn't using him in the ring every week by any means as their champ either. He did have a match last night, but it was a six-man, so you can certainly uh, kind of protect him a little bit more, and, and he's not in the ring the whole time. I will say whatever the injuries he's dealing with, couldn't tell in the match with Jungle Boy because that was awesome. Um, and I don't know if we, I don't think we talked about this last week because I think it happened afterwards. Uh, Jungle Boy also went public with his uh, current romantic relationship, which is with Anna Jay, which I, you've probably seen the picture, Tom. Um, it made me wonder though, is that a, old photo and they've been together for quite a while now because Anna Jay was fully in her gear and she's not back yet unless she was with Dark Order on Wednesday um, which I wouldn't think because at this point when you bring her back make it mean something like don't just have her standing in the background of a Dark Order segment at this point because she's been out hurt for so long um, I'm an Anna Jay fan I've really liked I think she got went from okay to decent in the ring to pretty darn good in the ring real fast um She's a pretty girl too. So, Hey, you, you do you Jack Perry, um, you know, but uh, yeah. So, so jungle boy lost the title match, but he's doing okay in life. Um, but uh, made just made me wonder, I was like, ah, I think they've been together quite a while because Anna J is in full gear, not, um, you know, not straight clothes or whatever that she might've been after that show. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know them the motivation or the purpose of posting that. Other I don't either. I'm not sure of it either. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't need sympathy after that loss. No one, no one felt that. No one felt bad for him or thought, oh gosh, this guy's a loser. But now if we wanted, if we wanted to have it dished on our faces that not only did he have a, you know, a potential match of the year candidate, um, but he's also got, you know, a, 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 a great attractive girlfriend. Well, double, double bonus for you, Jack Perry. <laughs> well, and, and I, if it was like a video clip of him coming back after the match and, and then she hugged him and kissed him or something. And that's how I got re- like, then again, I don't think he needed the sympathy, but you would understand. Yeah. It was, it wasn't odd. Just like here, let me randomly post this picture of me kissing Anna Jay. Um. Not, not the same, but, 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 but similar in the kind of like idea of like when Becky and Seth Rollins were not public. And then you had like the documentaries come out on the network and like they had interaction like after I think the WrestleMania match, and like you know at the time it wasn't public knowledge, but then it became public, and then you saw the stuff that was being taped where they were you know not being secretive, but also not being public. Right, and they got married this last week too. So congratulations to Seth and Becky as well. Um, makes me think she's headed to SmackDown, but I could be wrong. Um, it, it doesn't. Makes me think that from one side, but it doesn't make sense from a storyline side. I think she's going to end up on Raw, actually, especially as we go to SummerSlam. And there's a draft coming up. So if they decide they want Seth and Becky to travel together, Seth can move back to Raw pretty easily, too. Although, ah, anyways, WWE booking. We'll, we'll get into that later. I think I think there's a lot to do with Seth on SmackDown yet. I, I hope they don't move him in a month, but we'll see. Of course, Becky could have a, uh, <clears throat> a Raw title match at SummerSlam and then get moved to SmackDown in the draft as well. So that could happen too. But I, yeah, I'm excited for AEW. They have announced a couple of other matches uh, for their 
uh, Fighter Fest and and fight nothing for Fight for the Fallen. I think yet at the end of the month, but the two nights of Fighter Fest, we think night one. Now we're going to get that coffin match between Ethan Page and and Darby, but Darby has to behave himself at Road Rager. I kind of love that line, even though I'm not a big Ethan Page fan. When I saw that line written, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Um, Darby has to leave him alone basically at Road Rager to get his coffin match at Fighter Fest. So I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen on night one because I could see Darby doing something at Road Rager and, and Ethan Page going, well, now you have to behave yourself on Fighter Fest night one. Maybe you can have the match at night two, you know, and kind of keep trying to avoid it. And then finally he has to, has to bite the bullet and, and face him in the match that frankly Page challenged him to. So. Yeah. It, it makes sense, in my opinion, without thinking too deep into it, that that be on fight for the fallen. Like, right. just to kind of stretch it out over the whole month. Um, they could always push it all the way to all out, too. I mean, I think you could draw, but. And then uh, uh, the women's title match, Fighter Fest Night 2, Dr. Britt Baker, DFD, defends against Nyla Rose. Yeah, that's just a good way to get Britt Baker a good title defense under her belt. Nyla's not winning that belt again anytime soon. She she may somewhere down the road, but this is all about that and and get well soon to rebel um apparently really dislocated that knee pretty badly on wednesday night it sounds like um i haven't again i haven't seen it but i read read the reports and uh sounds like she's going to be laid up for a little bit so i didn't hear that or see that but yeah i didn't hear that or see that but i did see like she did have an awkward moment at the end of that match so that makes a lot of sense that there's a legit injury yep she had a dis she dislocated her kneecap um, in that spot. So kind of will be interesting to see how they, if, if she's able to travel and those kinds of things, I don't know what the prognosis is on those sorts of things, but uh, a flip now where rebel was always helping Brit. Um, well, Brit was hurt. I don't think Brit's going to help rebel as much. <laughs> well, she's hurt. That's not the characters that they each play in this, in this team. Uh, if you can even really call it a team, but, um, yeah, it, it'll, if nothing else, you know, the silver lining in this is if they have Britt Baker just treat Rebel like she normally does, which is pretty terribly, while she's even hurt, Rebel could be a big baby face when she comes back from that injury if she finally has enough and, and snaps on Britt. Um, I'm just thinking that as I'm talking right now, it's kind of coming, you know, and there could be a heck of a pop when, when Rebel finally shows that she's not hurt anymore and wax Brit breaker with a crutch or something like that. Like that could get a reaction anyways. Um, So get well soon rebel. Um, We talk about another injury in a minute, but uh, any other AEW thoughts, Tom? No, they've set themselves up for a strong July and uh, they closed out their, their, their rent daily. Oh yeah. The the other August event, which is not listed on their website, which is why I wasn't drawing it. it. They're actually back at daily's place at the beginning of August. So oh, are they? they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're calling it the homecoming, which is kind of funny because okay. it's literally a month after they left. So, <laughs> right, we've been gone for so long. Um, <laughs> makes you wonder why they couldn't find another spot that week too. But um, maybe there's a reason they wanted <clears throat> to be back in Jacksonville that week for some reason too. But um, I will say uh, this is one of the times where I do miss living in the uh, southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois area where I could have made that Milwaukee show. Um, you know, no AEW Dynamites in the Omaha area currently scheduled. Um, no, no, nothing scheduled in the Omaha area as far as wrestling goes. So, um, 
Dynamite would be, you know, I, we've talked about like, again, I haven't been to a live show since the Dallas WrestleMania weekend. It's been far too long. Five years. Five years. I have not been to a live wrestling show and I do a lot and I do a wrestling podcast. So who am I? Um, why should anybody listen to me? But um, WWE comes to Omaha. I don't know if it's a house show. I'm probably not taking the two and a half hour drive to be perfectly honest. AEW comes, I'm probably canceling a trivia night and I'm going to AEW. So, or getting somebody to cover for me. Um, NXT comes, I'm probably canceling a trivia night as well. Um, so let's talk about NXT a little bit. Um, NXT is getting ready for the great American bash next week, which, uh, is, you know, they're not going on the road yet, yet. We'll see when NXT starts going on the road, but, um, they have been having fans in the, in the Capitol wrestling center, which is, has been nice. And I agree with you since takeover, which we both kind of agreed was a meh takeover. Uh, nothing meh about these shows since takeover. They have been, I don't know who ate their Wheaties before they started booking these shows or what. And and they've got a curveball coming at them right now in that WWE management has been all over watching NXT lately. Um, in fact, Vince McMahon was at the performance center yesterday, along with, uh, I assume, Bruce Pritchard, a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, the top management from WWE scouting. And uh, there's a lot of talk that in this draft, they're going to really shuffle up that main roster and and bring up some of the NXT talent. Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed both have worked uh, dark matches lately and also worked on main event last week. And I have to say, I watched main event for the first time in I don't even know how many years um, to see those two matches. Did you happen to watch those matches, Tom? Or no? Not, no. Um, there it's only on Hulu first. It doesn't hit Peacock until I think it might air like live on Peacock quote unquote, but then it doesn't actually show up on demand until like three or four weeks later for whatever reason. I'm sure it's because of their international broadcast deals or maybe their deal with Hulu, uh, perhaps too, but I did watch it cause I have Hulu and, uh, they dumb down both of their entrances. They use the same music, but not all of the effects and things they didn't like have Bronson Godzilling Godzilla through a, a town and then show his face close up. They didn't do all of the lighting effects and things for carrying cross. And I'm like, if you bring them to the main roster, you you can try the dumbed down version on main event. That's fine. Because the six people that watched main event <clears throat> will, you know, be all right. Um, but if you bring them into the main roster, don't do that. It's going to be like the Keith Lee thing all over again. Like you bring up Keith Lee and you ditched away one of the best parts of, of his entrance. Don't do that to these two guys because both of them have really cool entrances. For like sure. that's, that's part of who they are. Right. Yeah. It's set who, the <clears throat> mood. Who did they, who did they fight? I'm curious. What were the matches? Uh, Bronson took on Robert Rude. That doesn't feel right. Um, hang on. Let me, um, Karrion Cross took on Shelton Benjamin. Okay. I do know that. Um, I actually have it on my matches watched list. So I'm just pulling it down to the bottom here and figure out who, uh, who Karrion Cross had or who, uh, not Karrion Cross, Bronson Reed, wrestled Drew Gulak. I'm sorry. I knew Robert Rude didn't sound like Bronson Reed, Drew Gulak, and then Karrion Cross, Shelton Benjamin. Um, both were, were fine matches. I thought you had two people in there. You know, Drew and Shelton can make about anybody look good, and, and Cross and Bronson Reed are, are both good. Honestly, I thought Reed looked a little better, 
um, we've talked about Karrion Cross in the ring and, and out of the ring, and, and we'll talk about him again in here in a second. But um, Cross, the interesting thing was they were on the outside, him, Benjamin, and Cross was beating him up or whatever, and he was yelling at Benjamin, I know who you are. I've been watching you my whole life. <laughs> I was like, that was weird. Um, like, was Was anybody... I don't know. Was anybody thinking you didn't know who Shelton Benjamin was? Um, I mean, Shelton Benjamin is not Hulk Hogan, but yeah, if you're in the wrestling business, you probably should know who Shelton Benjamin is. That that's that's a fair assessment. Um, if you've been watching wrestling for any length of time, you should at least know who he is. Yeah. Um, so that was that, and they did not have Scarlet with with Cross either. Um, they just had Cross, so it was just odd in the way that they. And, and frankly, again, I mentioned it about Andrade and Matt Seidel. Uh, they gave Shelton Benjamin a little bit too much offense. That's your NXT champion. Um, Bronson Reed, uh, Gulak got some offense in. And again, that, well, was your North American champion at the time. Uh, anyways, I, I, I think both of those guys are headed to the main roster. I think the results from Tuesday night certainly point that Bronson Reed is headed to the main roster. And uh, I, I, I think we're getting Johnny back with the belt here. Uh, probably it maybe if this takeover does happen in August, which I kind of expect they're going to announce um, on Tuesday night at the Great American Bash. I think because they've been building the bash, they didn't want to announce that takeover, which makes sense. Um, but I kind of figure it's either coming this week or the next week they should announce that that takeover. Um, and uh, I'm thinking we're getting Cross and Gargano from the way they're they're certainly booking. And if Cross is going to the main roster. We might be getting Gargano as NXT champion again, which in this iteration of Johnny Gargano will be it would be interesting to see. I think um, I, I don't know if I love it, but I'm oh, uh, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, no, what, it's, it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, so I I I I think we have the same opinion that the energy and and the what they've been putting forth on Tuesday nights <clears throat> post takeover has been really really strong. And, and it's been it's been a good build. Now, granted, this past week, I think it even had a new infusion because there was a bunch of releases last Friday, which we didn't talk about. And a number of those guys um, were too alive, which often ended up being um, uh, enhancement talent, for lack of a better word, on, on NXT. Uh, and, 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 now, and now and now they're now they're shifting, at least for tonight, as we're recording on Friday. Uh, 205 Live is is being used as a platform to uh, do qualifying matches for the breakout tournament. So that so some some refreshed or some new talent are are getting their opportunity. So I'm actually looking forward to tuning in and watching 205 Live. Uh, I don't know the outcomes. I know the matches. I don't know the outcomes. But knowing that they're headed to the breakout tournament, headed here around in two weeks on NXT, that's got me excited as well. And um, they did a good they did a good job this past Tuesday about you know there were eight guys. They really promoted six. Who are still with the company that because of that here's here's where they are and here's where they've been um the, the funny thing is seven of them are still with the company who is the yeah so ach and who's the other person boa okay that's interesting that they so it's interesting that he's he's a featured character right now i mean not you know he was in the ring for the first time um in a long long time on tuesday night um and and definitely I will say the one, maybe the the slight negative in the in the show Tuesday night was I, I can see why Boa hasn't been in the ring. Um, he did not impress me in any way. Whatever the training is that Zia Lee did, yeah, he didn't pick up any of it. Um, 
but yeah, I thought it was interesting that Bo was that eighth guy. ACH, I get you're not going to mention him. Um, you know, things went down there, whatever. Yeah, you're just going to kind of forget about that. But uh, I thought it was interesting the seventh guy is actually featured on your NXT TV show, and you didn't even mention him. I, I had the thought to pause it, and when they showed the bracket to kind of do an assessment, and then I was like, eh, if they're not, if they're not bothering it, why? But that is interesting that it's Bo, because he's on the, on the main active roster now. Um, the, one, the one thing I think that only could add to the experience of what has been Tuesdays with NXT is them getting back on the road. Now, that is not something they ever did before. Full Sail was their home base, and they were typically going live once a month and then recording you know, three additional weeks or two additional weeks, whatever it was. Again, I don't know if that's going to ever become a thing again. I don't know if they'll ever go back to full set, but it was such a great venue for them. And it was such a great spot. Now I love the Capitol wrestling center. Um, that being said, just like I've enjoyed the Thunderdome and thought it served its purpose. Um, that's just it. It served a purpose for X period of time. Um, the Capitol wrestling center can be useful, but I think it should be the exception, not the rule going forward. And I, and I think NXT would be, would benefit from going back on the road that I, I also think though, because they don't, they don't want to spend the money, which is stupid because they have the money um, until NXT can, tr- can, can, can travel and do additional shows. Like, so if you had, you know, Wednesday night in uh, Oklahoma city, right. And you would think that you have, okay, th- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in surrounding areas around Oklahoma city, you know, just as an example, until that can materialize. And it may not be too far from that. I mean, WWE is, they, they, they announced that they were doing this big starting in mid-July through Labor Day touring. They're now starting to all add dates beyond Labor Day. And I think that it will continue to happen. So who knows? Coincidentally, though, they're Tuesday nights, not Wednesday nights. You said Wednesday night in Oklahoma City, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So whether yeah. you go Tuesday and do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or you go Saturday, Sunday, Monday and do Tuesday, since weekends are often better for wrestling yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, Old habits. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, and, you know, having been live most weeks since they've gone to USA, I think has really helped them um, in a lot of ways. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. I wish they would get back on their own. I don't think they're going back to Full sale because Capital Wrestling Center they own. So from a money saving standpoint, um, whatever they were paying Full sale because they were certainly paying some rent there, um, they have more control at the Capital Wrestling Center, too, because – it's in the performance center. They own it. Um, or I think it's in the performance center. It's at least a building they own. Uh, I, my guess is they're not going back, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I think I, I still think there is, I don't know if it's more fans needed there to give a little more oomph to it or something. I don't know. It is missing a little something on the fan side, but, uh, but man, the booking has been good. Um, yeah, and, really and it's, it's sending us into this coming Tuesday, which is Great American Bash, as, as as you named and as the banner says, which I'll run down that card real quick. You know, um, million dollar championship match, Ellen Knight defends against Cameron Grimes with now the stip that if Grimes loses, he becomes but- the butler for Knight. Uh, I had flashbacks of Chuck Taylor and Miro, and uh, which yeah. was interesting. Um, the women's I almost game. thought Lily Knight was going to say, you become my Virgil, and I'm glad he didn't. Oh, <laughs> that, that would have been actually, I mean, storyline-wise, in, in historonic-wise, that would have been made more sense. But, yeah, I know there's probably some sensitivity around that. Um, the women's tag title match is the way of Candice and Indy against Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. And did you, have you seen NXT this week? Yes. Yes, I okay, have. Okay, that, that women's three-way to start the show was really good. And, like, I- um 
if you didn't have Scott and Wright Reed, that could have been your main event, and, and it would have been a perfectly fine main event. I, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, the tag title match of MSK against the Etcher and Champa, which I don't think it's a pick 'em, but I, uh, there are people I'm seeing that they think it's a pick 'em, which I don't know why you take the belts off MSK at this point. But if you don't do something, if you don't pull the trigger here with Champa and Thatcher, and there's not something that's going to like develop, um, and we were headed towards like an Imperium issue at one point, but that kind of was Champa versus Walter, and that was that. I think we'll see. Um, yeah. Imperium is weird to me. Like they they have the most start stop booking with Imperium. That that's one team that I just feel like they can't quite decide what they want to do with. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly too. This one is not unsanctioned or anything goes, but their issue is as hot as fire. Um, so and I'm sure four matches alone probably is we're missing some things that didn't get announced. I hope they don't overdo it. Like this is really solid, and if they do it right. And they just kept four matches. Um, they could really like deliver on Tuesday night. Uh, what are you most looking forward to next week with the Great American Bash? Um, all of it, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, the women's tag matches is fine. Um, I don't know that I'm just out of my mind stoked for that match. I think the Zoe EO, they don't like each other, but they respect each other thing is is interesting. Um, Zoe Stark is somebody they clearly like a lot, but I just haven't quite connected with her character yet. Um, partially because I don't think they've fleshed out who her character is yet. Um, and maybe that's coming. Um, it, it did sound like maybe they're going to add Saray versus Tony Storm uh, to this this card as well. Uh, although they have not announced that yet, but Saray, I, I like how Saray said, I'd like a match like with uh, someone like Tony Storm. Um just let me pick a name out of a hat and I'll go with Tony Storm. Um, I, I think Tony Storm and Saray would be a really good match. So I, I that would be fine with me. Um, why wouldn't she ask for Raquel, though? Just saying. I mean, she if you're knows, just. She knows, she knows her resume isn't. Her, her NXT resume doesn't deserve that yet. Right. You know, I mean, if you're just going to ask for a match, why not ask for a title match? Um, but anyways, I digress. The answer is um, no until you ask, Jim. That's what I tell my kids all the time. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, and and if Saray, you know, if Saray does fight, fight Tony Storm, I assume you put Saray over there, and that would be a very good win for her. Uh, again, she came in kind of white hot, and then they haven't really done anything with her for a couple of weeks. Um, so it would be good to get her going again. Maybe maybe there was an injury or something there, too. Um, speaking of injuries, before I talk about the Great American Bash for a second, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Whoo. Um, either, and I don't think this is, either she sold the absolute dog stuff out of that kick. No, she got knocked out. She got blasted with that kick. And, and Zia Lee, if you look into Zia Lee, um, as a person, like she's Muay Thai trained, like she's, so her throwing a kick, I, I mean, she knows how to do it and not hurt somebody. And obviously, Hey, things happen in a wrestling match. Um, I don't think anybody's blaming Zia Lee for what happened. It happens sometimes. She was out. Yeah, out. it was very akin to when you see a knockout in the UFC or mixed martial arts, the way yep. that Mercedes' body kind of recoiled in like in a, in a in a in a defensive, uh, unintentional defensive posture. Because uh, yeah. because we still had a little ball. bit because she kind of rolled to get her shoulder up, like, but you could just tell from the yeah the stiffness almost of the body. Um, 
Now, they can play that up, too. And Mercedes Martinez seems to me to be the kind of person who'd be like, as long as she's okay, and, and it sounds like she is. I haven't heard anything that, you know, there's any sort of, obviously, she probably has a concussion, I assume. Um, it, hit her, it hit her in the jaw or, the, or like, the... the, the kind of right in the ear. Yeah. I mean, just, wow. Um, you know, they can certainly play this up as how devastating is Zia Lee. Um, again, assuming Mercedes is okay, which I, I, I'm guessing she is because we haven't heard anything. Um, but take your time out of the ring, Mercedes, and get, get your head healed up because you got... There's a reason in the UFC after they get knocked out, they're medically suspended for about six months until they get cleared. Um, I, I hope she's not out six months, certainly, but make sure you're healed up. Don't don't mess with head injuries. Um, and she she clearly had one on uh, Tuesday night. Looking ahead to the bash, like I said, Saray and Tony would be really good. The, the women's tag is fine, but everything else, I mean, MSK and, and Thatcher and Ciampa should be awesome. Um, I just, you know, those four guys in the ring, give me more of that. Um, the LA night and Grimes thing has been a, a good story. I think they've been telling good story and, and you and I both talked about, I like Grimes a lot in the ring. You like Grimes a lot in the ring. Knight has been, I think Knight needs story. I, I and I, and that's okay. Um, but it's going, I think it's going to limit his ceiling in NXT if he can't hit that level in the ring. Um, so you know, this would be another another test for him. Um, but again, they're drowning drowning it in story. So um, does Ted DiBiase show up at the Great American Bash? I, I think there's a chance for that. I, I do have to think Knight probably wins this match and we get the skits of Cameron Grimes being his butler because I just think that's something WWE would like to produce, those skits. Um, and they probably would be pretty entertaining, to be perfectly honest. And eventually, you know, then take over Grimes wins his freedom back or something like that. Um, or does somebody else win his freedom for him? I don't know. I don't know who that would be, but um, there, there's a possibility. And and I mean, Colin O'Reilly, yes, sign me up. Um, I loved the interaction that they had on Tuesday night and Joe being involved. And there's a great picture. Um, and I mean, it was from, from the TV shot, but a great picture of O'Reilly's got that, that heel hook or knee bar or whatever it was locked in on Cole and Cole's reaching out to Joe and Joe's just standing there looking at him. And then eventually Joe walks out and go, okay, security, come on down. Let's break these guys up. But didn't do it right away where Joe's always been like, get security out there. Let's get order. We're going to, you know, we're going to get this all. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to let you lay there at him for a little while and feel this before I'm like, oh, okay, come on, let's break it up. Um, well, I thought Joe did. was... That's a dangerous thing, though, right? Because are you building Adam Cole, Samoa Joe? Or, like, is Samoa Joe treating everyone equal? Is he just treating heels like that? Or is he treating baby faces like that, too? Like, and it's too early to tell, but it's something to watch. And, and we had the earlier mo uh, moment of during the Cross and Gargano thing, uh, which I, I do have to say, for as much as I've said, sometimes Cross is offense. I'm going to say something about that in just a second here. Uh, doesn't look so great. When he grabbed Gargano and smashed him up against the uh, the barrier, uh, that looked devastating. That was awesome. That that That's what Karrion Cross needs to be doing, is things like that. So kudos. Do more of that. Do less of the elbow to the back of Austin Theory's head at the end, towards the end of the show, where you gingerly brushed your elbow along the backside of his head to knock him into, uh, like, oh, it looked so bad. It looked so bad. Um, 
after he'd looked so devastating to everything else, you know, and choked out Gargano and done all of that. And then he like realized theory was getting back to his feet. So he was going to knock him down and, uh, you know, a feather drifted past Austin theory's neck. Oh, it looks so bad. Um, and I thought Crossan had a really good night up till that. But the earlier moment, though, where he walked um, up to Joe and goes, you're doing a great job here, Joe. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was kind of. And again, to your point, you're 100% right, though. You're teasing all of this stuff. And at some point, Joe's going to snap, you would think, in, in booking 101. But if Joe isn't cleared and if Joe can't work, you're teasing a lot of things you're not going to be able to provide. And, and Joe is already the enforcer. So it's not like Joe can bring somebody in to fight for him. And that's the last thing I want to see Samoa Joe do is have anybody fight his own, his battles for him. Um, that's not who Samoa Joe is. So yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting. Um, kudos to Isaiah Scott to go back to that for a second from last week. Great match between he and Bronson Reed. I think this absolutely solidifies his new character well. Um, I thought they were probably going to put the title on him, especially with Reed going to the main roster. Didn't see it coming last Tuesday. Uh, selfishly, from the Fantasy Wrestling League standpoint, as you and I talked about, I have Isaiah Scott as of yesterday. Did not have him on Tuesday, which was uh, the towards the, the last two days of our, our first half of the season. So, cool. I don't get the title win points. Those went to a competitor who it did not matter in the standings at all that they got them. So, yay. All right. Well, whatever. It happens. Um, <laughs> right. Thanks. Now all I get are title loss points whenever you lose them. But I get defense Hopefully points. Hopefully lots of defense points. Yeah, let's hope. Great. Hopefully he doesn't lose it. I, I think I said to you until the takeover at the Rumble, because that will be next season, and maybe I won't have him then. Um, and I will have gotten six months of defense points. But uh, uh, you and I talked about before we clicked record as well, Top Dollar. Um, I, I've really liked top dollar. Um, I think he looks pretty okay. And, you know, I think the little bit we've seen in the ring has been okay and good. I think he's got a great presence about him though. I'm probably a little slanted because I've watched, uh, WWE's most wanted treasures the entire season of that that's been on A&E. And I think he comes across really well there for the most part. Um, but when he charged Bronson Reed, and threw himself through that barrier. Although they showed one camera angle towards the end where you see him look at the barrier before he goes through it. Like, all right, I got to hit it right there. Maybe don't use that camera angle guys. You know, I mean, I get, he has to do that because he needs to know where he's going, but don't show me that he did it. Um, he, he didn't slow down and try to take that gingerly. He threw himself right through that barrier. So kudos, Top Dollar. Um, you you earned your keep on that night. And then I loved, you and I talked about this again before before we hit record, loved Ashanti Adonis standing there going, you good? You good? And then Bronson grabs him and throws him on top of Top Dollar. I thought that was great. Um, and then the, uh, why can't I not think of the play-by-play guy's name, Tom? Vic um, Joseph or, or, or Wade Barrett. It was Vic Joseph, I think, um, who went, nope, he ain't good either. Um, I was like, that's great. Um, good, great yeah, match, so though, obviously, I think Bronson said it in Raw respect. Yeah, now. it was. And and, and for, for Swerve Scott, this has been for me a long time. Uh, you know, I think we go back to a year ago when we kind of were in the early stages of this podcast and they were doing the, the uh, Cruiserweight title tournament. And we thought he shined there, looked really great thought the cruiserweight title may be the destination with Santos because he was the only one that did, that defeated Santos in that tournament um, when the dust settled. And 
and then really it never materialized. They did, they did finish their feud, but it, it led from Swerve Scott being that like kind of undefined character, good talent to leading to Hit Row. And now I think they really need to get behind them. Um, not a huge fan of, of Top Doll and Ashanti. Like just from what I've seen, it's thing is too early and they're they're so they're so kind of underdeveloped, but they have the opportunity to really like bring them up. I don't see them being tag champs in that faction doesn't need every title, but you keep Swerve Scott strong. Um, you know, and again, selfishly, I know for you, you'd love to have that be the case, have him rack up defense points and get a lot of get a long title reign um this second half of the of the 2021 year. Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 that's um I just clicked into this tab and darn near closed it. That would have been bad. Um <laughs> but uh I he needs to have a long title reign. And I'm not saying that because of fantasy wrestling league and I want the title defense points, but you finally got him to that level. The the worst thing in the world you could do is two months later take that belt right off of him. Um, unless it's there's a really good storyline behind it, a really good storyline why that would happen. I mean, you could do it, but you've really got to do it the right way and protect him. Because I think you've got... I could see Swerve as an NXT champion down the road. I don't know that I would have said that a year ago, to be perfectly honest. But I think this character and this with Hit Row, like it's just clicked for me. Um, I agree with you. Ashanti and Top Dollar, I've liked what I've seen of them, but I haven't, like, it's not like, oh, gosh, now put the tag titles on them, too, and let's just make Hit Row the absolute top faction in NXT. Um, don't do that. Um, they're they're not anywhere near ready for that yet. Um, develop them. You know, they both, they both need some more development. But with Swerve, you don't have to do a lot of that. They can be kind of the heavies um, for him for a while now and, and help him keep that title and things like that. Um, I like that well, while there was interference, it wasn't directly what led to the to the title change. It wasn't just because Top Dallas hit him with a you know something. So I, I liked that. Um and that that running sidekick, whatever it is that, that Swerve does that set up the 450 in this case. Goodness, that looks awesome. Um it, it just looks good. It looks devastating. I, I, I like that kick a lot. Honestly, it's it should be his finish. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you, and it's strong. But to, to be able to have that those two things do do read in really solidifies, you know, a, a validating championship victory. To your point, like it wasn't the outside shenanigans that led to you know a fluky title win. No, this guy deserves and and earned the title win without a doubt. Right. So, and, and I like that they didn't have the announcers doing the, you know, even though, yes, there was interference shortly before, they didn't have the, oh, not like this, not like the, you know, they didn't play it up that way. They, hey, I, I like the, if you didn't know, now you know, um, using Swerve's own, you know, quote. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. My guess would be takeover. We get Swerve Reed too. You know, Reed gets his rematch, Swerve wins, and then Reed moves on the next week. Uh, in the draft gets gets drafted to Raw or SmackDown, but that's just yeah. my guess. There, there's two things on NXT that I really want to dive into, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say we wait until next week because then Bash will be in the aftermath. It's really like where where do we see Colin O'Reilly going? And I think the outcome of Tuesday is a big factor in that. And I, and I really don't know. I, I'm gonna really look forward to watching this match unabated and without spoilers, hopefully live, because I think it could go either way. Um, We'll see though, and then and then 
if to your point or your, or your hypothesis that it is cross Gargano and that's how the title belt switches, is that a missed opportunity for O'Reilly? But we'll, but but let's let's park that comment and then let's let's revisit that a week from now uh, because we have a big topic to close out today, um, which is a revisit of our fantasy draft. So we did a fantasy draft a year ago, um, and I don't know about you, but when I go to iTunes and look for that episode, I can't access it because it only allows us the last forty-two episodes, and this was in the first six. So 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 and, and I and I just looked on my phone, um, and so I couldn't find. Oh, it. you know what? It wasn't a podcast until uh, we were just a YouTube show early on until we okay. learned the, the service that I used that sends it out. So, yeah, I did pull it up on YouTube, though. It was the end of May uh, yeah. last year. Okay. Yep. So so just just a little bit over a year ago, we we had done the and again, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, and for many of us, we were still in kind of a stay at home order. Lots of things were shut down. So Jim and I said, hey, if the wrestling world had to reboot out of this thing, you know, and we built a, a roster, you know, we each had the ability to build a roster. Here's who we'd pick. So we picked, I think, 20 to 25 talents and nice. just walked through that and justified our picks. Um, so a week ago, we thought, well, it'd be interesting to look back a year later and we've made tons of progress um, in the pandemic and in the world. But it'd be interesting to see who we picked then and who we might, who, who did we omit, perhaps? Who's, who are the glaring omissions? So um, I had the first pick, and I know that you have all of our picks pulled up uh, for those joining us on YouTube, and we'll recap them here uh, verbally for those listening. So my top five, and again, I had the first pick, and then we went back and forth like a snake. Um, not, I'm sorry, not like a snake. It was just back and forth. Yeah. I picked Kazuchika Okada, number one, Seth Rollins, number two, Johnny Gargano, number three, the Young Bucks, number four, because you could pick tag teams as one pick, and then Dragon Lee was my fifth selection in my top five. Jim, your five were? My five were Will Ospreay at number one, or, or number two overall, uh, Adam Cole, Tom, Tommaso Ciampa, the Lucha Brothers, and John Moxley were my top five. So I, let's go to your top five first here, Tom. Are there any there that you now look at and go, wow, yeah, they wouldn't make my top five now, probably, or the top 10 picks, let's say, since we both had five, obviously. Anybody in your top five that you're like, I'm not sure they'd still make the top 10 picks. Great question. Uh, I, I think a lot of my guys wouldn't make my top five. And, and, and so again, I'm looking at it from a different lens, right? So this was like, would you, could you build a, could you build a roster? Could you, could you make, put on good matches, be profitable, what have you? That was kind of our motivation. That was part of like what should have gone into our thinking. So in that sense, all of the five picks to me are justified because I think there's diversity, there's a wide array of talent, marketability, what have you. Um, but knowing from June of 2020 to now July of 2021, we we whiffed on some guys, in at least in the top ten, in my opinion, right? So I'm gonna just start name. I'm gonna start just naming people, and and and, and one I think it's easy is, is Roman Reigns, right? But Roman Reigns was not on the radar. A year ago at this time. I'm pretty sure he got picked by us in the draft, but he was not That's an right. active wrestler because he had withdrawn from being an active competitor due to his longstanding health issues and the pandemic's uncertainty before WrestleMania in 2020. And then we drafted and even though he was picked, we didn't know, you know, and we, not that we should have because we were looking at it from a fantasy perspective um, and, you know, and we're in control. So 
we can pay Roman whatever we want and he'll show up, right? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. But Roman Reigns comes back in August in, at SummerSlam, which was two months after we did this draft, and he's been arguably top three, top five talent across the board in all of professional wrestling since that time. So Roman Reigns, without a doubt, would, would to me, easily – I don't know how who who would be lucky enough to snag him first, but Roman Reigns is a guy that I think that that, that we missed out on by not having picked. Absolutely, um, and, and let's look at my top five, and then I've got my kind of biggest omission too. Although I think we've got some more we can certainly talk about too. Um, Osprey, Cole, Champa, Lucha Brothers, Moxley. Like you said, <clears throat> if we're starting from scratch, there's nothing wrong with any of these five. So there's nobody I'd be like, oh yeah, no them. Um, <clears throat> If you look at how they've been used in the last year, I think Lucha Brothers probably slide a little bit, honestly. Some of that totally um, not their fault because they weren't able to get into the country for a little while with the pandemic, uh, living in Mexico, or at least Penta living in Mexico. I think Phoenix was here a little bit more. Um, You know, Osprey's had some uh, out-of-the-ring problems. Um, Some accusations came up, you know, and, and those kinds of things. Um, also, I believe I heard he and B Priestley may have split, um, and, and sorry to hear that, but, uh, congrats to B Priestley on, uh, B Priestley on being Blair Davenport now, uh, in NXT UK debuting, uh, this week on their TV. But, uh, but I think Osprey would still be in the top 10. Absolutely. Especially if you're just looking at in-ring profitability, you know, promoting all of that kind of thing. Uh, you know, my biggest miss, and I'm, I'm really shocked he's not in that top 10. I'm kind of curious now where he got taken. Kenny Omega, um, you know, how does he not get in our top 10 even a year ago? Like, he's featured on AEW at the time. He's probably... He was a, he was, he was an, tag, he was a tag champ. He was a tag yeah. champ when we did the draft. So, right. yeah. How, and, and since we could take tag teams, how do we not snag in the top 10 between the two of us, how did one of us not snag Page and Omega? And, you know, I mean, I did that with the Lucha Brothers. So I took the Lucha Brothers because I remember saying I could use them as a tag team or I could, you know, have them work as singles as well. So I kind of got a two for one on that um, because I think the world of both Penta and Phoenix as singles competitors as well. Um, and I hope AEW really gets behind them as singles competitors at some point here. Uh, but, you know, in, in Jim's Wrestling Federation or whatever name we gave it, I know we had... Um, we had names that we had given it. It was Fields Wrestling Federation, I think, and and Bobo's Wrestling Association or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, they would I, I would be able to do that. But how in the world? I, I understand how Reigns didn't end up in our top ten because, like you said, he was gone at that point. All of those things. Yeah, Kenny Omega. Wow. Um, I, I kind of want to go back now. I had slides that had our picks on them. Um, they're on an older computer, though, because I bought this computer in July. So back in May, I would have been on the old computer. And some days that computer turns on, and some days I can actually open things on that computer. And other days, there's a good reason why I bought a new one. Um, so I didn't try to do that this morning because I figured it would just make me mad um, and it wouldn't work right. But uh, I'm really curious where we picked Kenny Omega. I just, that one, that was the one that I was like, well, all right, we we did that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my my other one is Drew McIntyre. Yep. Guy was WWE champion at the time and not in the top 10 respectively. Like what in the world? Now granted, I are you he was hotter a year ago than he is now and again, he's still incredibly talented, but the way he's being promoted. So if anything, I could see us now not having him in the top 10 cuz he's kind of cooled off, 
but he right. was he was one of the guys a year ago. So the guy in WWE. Right. Uh, my 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 second one uh, would be uh, McIntyre. Probably would have been my second one. Uh, the the other one I had written down though I had four written down, um, and we've hit three of the four right here. Um, but the other one would be Kota Ibushi, um, who who I assume probably came in pretty quick here after the top ten. Um, he wasn't the champ at that point. I I don't think. I think Naito was champ when they were on hiatus. Um, does that feel right? And they were just about yeah. to come back. Yep. Yeah. So because because it went Naito evil, and then back to Naito. Okay. And they were just about to announce their return in in June. That happened. Um, so in May they hadn't announced it yet. So so I understand New Japan kind of. I mean, you had Okada, I had Osprey. We had two of the top New Japan talent already in our top 10. But I understand them being faded a little bit. Again, out of sight, out of mind a little bit. Um, but boy, if I was do, if we were doing a draft and you got Kota Ibushi somewhere outside of the top 10 picks, I would call that a steal. Um, I would call any one of these four men a steal out of there. Um, also interesting, we didn't have any female talent in the top 10. I do think that happened pretty quick thereafter. You and I both kind of started um, building the top of our female roster pretty quick, um, much like in a fantasy football draft. I think there was a little run on on female talent in this case instead of like, you know, you see a run on quarterbacks or tight ends or, or things like that in a fantasy football draft um, because all of a sudden you realize there's not a ton of talent in that division or that position in fantasy football. Um, you know, so it was like, well, I can't let Tom have Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Tessa Blanchard, or whoever else might have been. Tessa might have been a big name back at that point, where now, again, probably gets faded. Um, yeah, I, I think these are interesting. There's nobody in those top 10 picks, like I said, who I look at and go, wow, how the mighty have fallen. You know, I mean, and there's probably some people we could think of back on The Fiend, maybe, would be one who could have made it into our top 10. I, I do believe he was drafted. Um, and and now, I don't know. We haven't seen him since the week after WrestleMania. We haven't seen The Fiend since WrestleMania. But we haven't seen Bray Wyatt since the week after WrestleMania. Lots of rumors out there. Again, we've I think we've mentioned that before on the podcast. And I, I don't really want to delve into those because they are just that. They're rumors. Uh, I hope we see him again soon. I've always enjoyed The Fiend. We've talked about that. Whatever it is. Um but yeah, I'm just Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega are the two that really, and Drew McIntyre. Um, like, <laughs> we left talent on the board, but yet again, who am I going to take out of there? Right. Ciampa, maybe, maybe, but I've I, always been really high on Ciampa. I think Ciampa, while being used well in NXT, I just think, you know, look back to when he was NXT champion. I mean, that guy was the guy. So that was probably what I was thinking a year ago, too, was, was a that guy. So interesting though. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun then it was fun. And it's fun to look back on now and go, wow, what, 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 what a difference in perception and reality a year makes. So absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if we did a draft tomorrow, Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns are in our top 10. There's no question. Somebody drops out of this and those two Andrew McIntyre probably is as well. And Kota Ibushi most likely, um, but I would say those other three absolutely are in. So, so something happens here, and some people drop out. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I think I'll, I'll, if you're if you if you listened, if you've watched, drop a comment, or when we post this in our group, and you have listened after the fact, if you had the chance to to 
pick your top five, uh, post that. We'd love to, Jim and I would love to read those and, uh, and, and, and give you some feedback uh, and, 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 and discuss that. That'd be, that would be a fun exercise to see. So either leave it in the comments on YouTube or on the board uh, that we're all friends on for those of us that are listening because you make up the majority of our listening audience. <laughs> that is true. If you happen to not be somebody uh, who knows what in the world Tom was just talking about, uh, we do have an email address as well, which is twospotmonkeys at gmail.com. Uh, literally right now, the only emails we pretty much get there are the ones that tell me we are now live on our YouTube channel, uh, which I'm aware of because uh, that's that I click. I click broadcast. So, um, but uh, yeah, shoot if you don't have another way to get a hold of us, by all means, you can shoot it to us in an email there at Two Spot Monkeys, uh, or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter as well. Two Spot Monkeys in both of those spots as well. Um, interact. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you love hearing us talk about. Let us know if you want us to stop talking so much about something. Um, if you hate head to head, don't. Don't tell us that if you hate that, because we have too much fun with that. Um, so, sorry, if you hate that, it's probably not going away. But um, although my wallet would appreciate it going away, because I keep losing. But um, <laughs> we'll see. And I'm waiting for San Diego Comic-Con to announce guys, guys and gals, new figures, before I solidify a decision. So Yeah, they, they just uh, had some reveals, just a small amount of reveals last week that I thought were were good. Um, I think some of the Legends figures were really, really yeah, good looking. Warlord look figures. sweet. Warlord, war, yeah. And Barbarian isn't under contract, but I'm going to buy that Warlord and hope that they get a Barbarian because I know they weren't good in, good in the ring, but I love the powers of pain. Yeah, like when I was a kid, if you put the black tights, paint, and a funky haircut, I mean, because I love the Road Warriors, I was into it. Demolition, powers of pain, Road Warriors, uh, I even liked the uh, oh, what were they? Kevin Nash and the other and Al Green, uh, Master Blasters on WCW. I mean, okay, I wasn't as high on them, and we're probably never going to get Master Blaster figures. But um, and I don't know if you saw that might be the only time the Master Blasters are talked about on this podcast, <laughs> unless we do a, a, a retro review and they happen to have worked. You know, it's one of the four shows they worked. Um, Speaking, though, of old WCW and figure news, and this is just an aside, we didn't plan on talking about this, uh, there are rumored lineups that have been revealed, so we'll see at San Diego Comic-Con, I assume, whether these are correct. But in one of the upcoming Legends lines, there's a rumored mean Mark Callis figure. Okay, okay. Now, it's it would be pretty plain. I mean, that's kind of black jacket, maybe, uh, you know, like vest and trunks, but I would be all over buying that thing because we've never had a mean Mark Callis figure, and that, I, I, I was like, okay, all right, you found a new way to do an Undertaker figure, basically, but make it interesting to people who are like, there are 9,000 Undertaker figures. Who needs another Undertaker figure? Oh, there's no mean Mark Callis figures, though. Right, right. That, I, I think that could be cool. Uh, Target might get my money on that one, that's for sure. So, uh, But we'll talk figures probably around San Diego Comic-Con, perhaps, um, depending yep. on, on how our recording schedule falls around when they do those reveals. So... Yeah, well, we'll be back for sure next week. Uh, yep. First head-to-head, -head, Ring of Honor, best in the world. Uh, and then I'm sure Fallout from uh, Bash, 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 Bash the Beach. Great American Bash and uh, and AEW, uh, Road Rager. Road Rager, absolutely. There'll be plenty to talk about next week. So uh, join us again next week here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. Thank you for being with us uh, this week as always. And uh, as Tom said, subscribe, click that bell on YouTube. Uh, Leave us a review, whatever you want to do, and uh, let us know your top five or, or anything else. We'd love to hear from you. So 
Thanks so much, everybody. We will see you next week right back here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.